The concept of coaching effectiveness is incredibly important. It answers the question of why does coaching work? Up until now, it has been a difficult question posed by many researchers without an answer. Coaching is a $3 billion business. Around 70% of coaches define themselves as business coaches. In some way or another, they help organizations and individuals in organizations grow. And yet organizations, HR organizations and managers using coaching skills or external coaches, they don't really know how to evaluate the effectiveness of the approach of coaching. And so with my model, let's just jump into the future. I would love my model to answer that question, help organizations evaluate the effectiveness of the approach that's so widely used by HR professionals, by coaches, by external coaches, by managers. In her book, Conversational Intelligence, Judith Glasser wrote, to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of our culture, which depends on the quality of our relationships, which depends on the quality of our conversations. Everything happens through conversations. Welcome to Conversations, powered by Quantivos. Welcome to Conversations. I'm Brian Gorman, your host, and my guest today is Asha Yarosh. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Asha is the executive director of the Center for Coaching Effectiveness, which is affiliated with both Emory University and Quantibos, and has just published a paper on coaching effectiveness. Asha, your first publication on coaching was in 2016. This is obviously a topic that has uh, caught hold of you and, and held you for a very long time. Why is coaching of such interest to you from a research and, and understanding perspective? Wow, you've taken me back really about a decade ago. <laughs> Thank you. Coaching means a lot to me not only because of personal reasons. Uh, I believe in coaching because I've been on the receiving end of coaching. I've seen a tremendous tremendous amount of benefits uh, that came my way after receiving coaching. I became a coach myself. I've worked with people as a coach. I've worked as a manager with a lot of people using coaching skills and always, always kind of converging into using those coaching skills, being a coach rather than a manager. And I've seen incredible transformations, incredible growth, incredible changes in people. So as a practitioner, as an approach that I saw, its application, its impact on human beings, it was just absolutely fascinating to me. From a research perspective, I started looking at coaching about a decade ago. And that was the time when I asked the question, what exactly is life coaching? I was reading so much about it and I couldn't find a single a single answer or a single definition. And that really brought me into science behind coaching, scientific models, frameworks. And I was just like, oh, wow. I found multiple, nearly endless evidence of the benefits and positive outcomes 
that follow coaching. I read numerous studies, peer-reviewed studies, academic, scientific studies that really shared the benefits of coaching, shared examples of how it has transformed people's lives. And examples are across so many spectrums. You know, I've, I've been reading about the impact of coaching on resilience, on self-worth, on performance, on wellness, even something simple as changing behavior around a certain habit. Powerful, powerful stuff. And so at that time with that first question, I dived into more of a coaching research and, you know, next questions followed. From there, I went into the impact of coaching on quality of life, courage, well-being, resilience. I published my papers on that. My PhD focused on the impact of coaching on emotional intelligence and well-being. I worked with 20 people at a time. The coaching program took me about three months. I've seen incredible transformations, really amazing changes. And as a scientist, as a researcher, I've also asked people to fill out questionnaires. And I was able to capture some data at the very beginning and the very end of the study. And woohoo! Data also showed that indeed people have changed, people have evolved in those areas of emotional intelligence and well-being. Incredibly, incredibly inspirational work that goes beyond research. You said something there that I want to pick up on for a moment because you were talking about bringing your coaching skills into your role as a manager, as a leader. I think that message is so important. It's one that we at Quantibos often find ourselves delivering with our clients. One of the things that I find very interesting about that is, I think it was 2016, Gallup did a study on how millennials want to work and live. And they identified six significant shifts that organizations need to make in order to address the millennial desire for how they want to work. One of which is, from my boss to my coach. Can you talk a little bit more before we dive into your research about that experience as a manager? I'd love to. I believe there are multiple frameworks around leadership, around being a manager. One of them is around coaching. For me, it's a natural tendency to be a coach, to believe in a person. That's where I come from, to focus on a pers- on the person's strength and work together. And I feel like coaching is one of the very few approaches that really forces both parties to be fully, coactively, I'm going to use that term, immersed in the process and work together towards a goal. And this is an incredibly natural framework to me, natural approach, and one that has really worked for, for me and, and, and people on my team. And so as an outcome of working with them, with my team as a, as a manager, but using coaching skills, I had space to listen actively, but I had space to listen to them. I always aimed at creating very safe and open space full of transparency. These are not just words. These are incredibly important concepts for two people to be themselves, to bond on a high level and to be free of judgment and really allow ideas to just pop in, spring out, and just see where those ideas take you. And I find this to be an incredibly powerful force to move any plan forward, any action plan to fruition. I want to jump into the paper that you just published 
earlier in February, actually, in the International Journal of Evidence-Based Coaching and Mentoring. In the paper, you write, the objective of this paper is to propose a theoretically grounded model of coaching effectiveness that would address the above outlined shortcomings of current research. Such a model would serve three purposes. One, to define determinants of coaching effectiveness, its dimensions. Two, to indicate practical coaching competencies, specific behaviors of the coach, specific behaviors of the coachee, or measurable outcomes that allow measuring coaching effectiveness and each of its dimensions. And three, to give practical recommendations on how to measure, track, and evaluate coaching effectiveness and its dimensions. Can you talk a little bit about what happens after the model? Now that we have a model for coaching effectiveness, and as you said, it is a theoretically grounded model, now what? I'd love to answer the question about the future with, the, with a little bit of a background from the past. The concept of coaching effectiveness is incredibly important. It answers the question of why does coaching work? Up until now, it has been a difficult question posed by many researchers without an answer. Coaching is a $3 billion business. Around 70% of coaches define themselves as business coaches. In some way or another, they help organizations and individuals in organizations grow. And yet organizations, HR organizations and managers using coaching skills or external coaches, they don't really know how to evaluate the effectiveness of the approach of coaching. And so with my model, let's just jump into the future. I would love my model to answer that question, help organizations evaluate the effectiveness of the approach that's so widely used by HR professionals, by coaches, by external coaches, by managers. My model goes really, really far into very specific definition of outcomes, behaviors that are measurable, tangible, easy to evaluate. And so that model would allow an, anybody in organization to actually ask, let's say, 10 specific questions and have the answer. Is that approach effective? Is that coaching effective? What am I giving to the employees of my organization? What am I giving my clients as a coach? Now it can actually have a number. And with a number, it allows organizations, HR organizations, and anybody who wants to, to make optimal and cost-effective decisions. Is this the approach I would love to propose? Because the approach now has, has its expectations, has a measure, and it allows for a choice. You talk about specific behaviors of the coach, which clearly are an important piece of coaching effectiveness. One of the things that intrigued me is you talk also about specific behaviors of the coachee, the person who's receiving coaching. And it seems to me that that's an area that probably has been researched even less than the coach's behaviors. Could you talk a little bit more about what it takes to be a successful recipient of coaching? That's such a good question. It goes way beyond my model. I'll narrow down the answer to one of three dimensions of the model, which is well-being. One of the three areas that help evaluate coaching effectiveness is well-being of the coachee. There are many models of well-being that really help pin down those 
specific behaviors that a coachee has or doesn't have that allow him or her to be well, to blossom. And a huge body of research from the past that has really proven incredibly successful in, the, in many fields, not only coaching, but also therapies, psychology, positive psychology, coaching psychology, etc., etc., is a model that lists a couple of very specific behaviors. Let me give you an example. Connecting with others. It may sound simple, but the more you connect with others or feel that you are connected with others, it does build positively into your overall feeling of well-being. Other examples of a specific behavior that helps you be well is showing kindness. And that theory goes way beyond just acts of kindness. It turns around into being kind to yourself. And so there is a lot of different behaviors. Those are just two examples. But think about going even beyond focusing on reading good news. That's something very to, to track easily throughout the day. At the end of the day, you may ask yourself as a coachee, oof, how many great pieces of, of news have I read today? And how many of them were positive? How many of them were negative? That does impact us throughout the day. There is a theories that go into well-being also highlight how our brain functions. And with an incredible progress in neuroscience, people go as far as evaluating of how many positive pieces of news or interactions or events throughout the day, what should be the ratio to negative pieces of news or interactions of experiences. And on average, a person should have five positive to three negative experiences throughout the day. Well, the more positive, the, the best, absolutely. But no more than, than this ratio uh, to really blossom and, and flourish. And so the not only science behind well-being, but evidence and, uh, and people's interactions and people's everyday life really shows what those behaviors could be of a, a good coaching uh, in terms of coaching effectiveness, of, co of course. And so going back to the concept of coaching effectiveness, we may ask the coachee after a month, a simple question, have you noticed that your interactions with your coworkers, your family, your friends, have they improved? Are you feeling more connected to people around you? And it's a very specific question that pertains to a very specific behavior and has a very, very simple answer. It, it's a pretty much yes or no question. As a coach, and you've probably had the same experience, I have met with prospective clients who I have decided not to work with. And for me, the major determinant is, does this person have a growth mindset or do they have a fixed mindset? Because for me, while we're talking a lot about changing behaviors, those need to be preceded if they're going to be sustained by changes in the way people think, whether it's how they perceive themselves, how they perceive others, how they choose to relate to others, how they have conversations, whether they are very, again, fixed in their mindset and take positions, or whether they are, as you said before, coactive in creating uh, a, a shared outcome and, and strategy and plan and all of those kinds of things. So I'm, I'm personally intrigued by the importance of researching not just the coach, but the coachee. Well, 
In my coaching practice, I got to tell you, I've researched my coach only once in my personal coaching practice. I do believe in, in power of intuition. And because as coaches, we tend to offer this first session as a as an get to know each other session. And within that one session, it really is enough to get a feeling of, yes, it's, it's going to work or no, it probably really won't. And because as a coach, I hold myself rigidly to, to be super honest and super open and ask questions. At the end of this coaching session, I ask a brutal question. Do you feel that we can really work together and you can give it a hundred percent? And, you know, if the question, if the answer is no, we just don't continue. If the answer to that question is a yes and the person does want to continue, then we try. I'm with you on intuition. But great. <laughs> I'm absolutely with you. As you know, intuition, people think, has this woo-woo kind of basis. But in fact, there's neuroscience behind our intuition. Yes. It's just really bringing to our consciousness things that our unconscious is, is aware of. One of the challenges that organizations often put forward is what is the return on investment? In my coaching. And too often, the expectation is a dollar value. And I believe the return on investment in coaching goes far beyond something that we can put a price tag on, if you will. What are some of the significant benefits to organizations that your research and the research of others has shown? First of all, the whole body of research on the benefits of coaching and the outcomes that the coaching brings should already alert every single HR professional out there that there is something to it, period. Then diving into my model, the cube of coaching effectiveness with the specific outcomes and ways to measure coaching effectiveness, it gives a number. It gives a scale from zero to 30. With that scale, one can attach certain expectations as to what would be the effectiveness of the approach that's expected for a dollar value being spent on that approach. And with a number that one can put on a scale of coaching effectiveness, one can then go and compare it with other approaches, let's say mentoring or an executive course, or simply doing nothing and believing that this clear strategy of the company will force people or help people to figure it out themselves. The last option has zero dollars attached to it of an extra investment. And so I do believe that with the model of the cube of coaching effectiveness and with the questionnaire that's specific and that gives a specific number attached to the coaching effectiveness, it will directly help HR organizations in evaluating what is a cost-effective approach to what they're trying to do? One of the directions of coaching research shows that coaching offers growth towards certain outcomes. So if the goal of the HR organization is to grow an employee or a manager or a leader, coaching could be one of the approaches chosen for such a scenario. And that with that choice, and with my questionnaire, there is a number for coaching effectiveness that comes also with it. So it makes the choice way more data-driven and data-oriented with a number. It attaches it also with time reference. Let's say, you know, we're on a scale of coaching effectiveness around here today. 
Give an employee three months with the coach whose coaching is incredibly effective and amazing and see where the employee is going to blossom into. That absolutely goes beyond numbers, but that can have a number reference and way more. You mentioned a, a couple of things in our conversation that there's can't be any debate are important to organizations. You mentioned connectedness. You mentioned well-being. What are some of those other outcomes? The model of coaching effectiveness that I propose is built around three areas. One of them is performance of the client. The second one is well-being of the client. And the third one is the relationship between the client and the coach. And so we've spoken a lot about well-being. Let's dive a little bit into performance. Performance can be evaluated in many, many ways. But one of the ways to measure performance supported by research are 360 evaluations, the 360 framework. It allows other peers to verbalize their opinion, share their opinion about the client, and that evaluates the client's performance, specifically over a certain period of time. Another way to evaluate someone's performance is to use self-evaluation, which is also a valid and reliable way of measuring one's performance. And so you can ask incredibly specific questions, such as, how would you rate the ability to lead your team on a scale from zero to 10? It's a very specific question with a scale from zero to 10. You can track that behavior or the ability to lead someone's team over time. And this is what my framework proposes. It's not just saying, ooh, performance. No. The questionnaire, the specific outcomes, the specific behaviors are so clear that any client looking at the question will have absolutely no doubt about what it means and how to answer. And so this is where science goes incredibly far into finally being clear. Asha, it's so clear that you're passionate about this and it's exciting as a coach to know that there's a lot more for you to discover and for me to learn about how I might be more effective. So I look forward to more conversations as your research continues. Is there anything else that you want to share? I think my last thought that I would love to share is that this work on coaching effectiveness goes way beyond even what we've discussed. As the companies are trying to build a coaching culture, it's so important to know what a coaching culture is. If it's effective, what, what kind of even work behaviors doesn't mean we should display? How should we treat each other? And what does it mean that I'm working towards a goal? Is it an individual goal? Is it a, a, somewhat related to the goal of the company, if I'm working with a coach on that and that all ties together within the coaching culture, that's super powerful. And on top of that, if that approach coaching is effective, you have such a powerful triad that goes beyond the money value and the growth that we've talked about so far, because it means we have the right approach coaching. We have a personal vision, individual goals, and the company strategic goals tied together. And that's something that's just powerful. Asha, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much, Brian. It's been an incredible conversation. 